Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to our podcast, ESG, Ethical and Social Governance. I'm joined today by Martin Brown uh, from Elephant's Child, who's going to give us a bit of an overview on the subject so that we can understand how ESG might fit in terms of company strategy, but also where it fits in terms of mergers and acquisitions. I'm the chairman of Avondale Corporate. We've been doing mergers and acquisitions for the last 30 years, and we can see that ESG particularly in the larger transactions we're doing, is going to become more important as, as a concept as part of due diligence. So I think it's important that you as business owners understand what it is and how we can build our business model around it so it does not become an issue if you're looking at exit strategy and, and therefore you'll say already any time. Um, Elephant's Child are a strategy and coaching practice we love them because not only do they create outcomes, but they have fun on the way, uh, which we think is really important. So uh, team of 23, very experienced. And um, uh, we come across them quite a lot with our client base because like us, they're also emerging sort of mid-market specialists. They, they, they do the, you know, the, high, the higher quality SMEs. So uh, hopefully he can share some really wide words of what he's seeing happening in ESG beyond the buzzwords as well, which uh, I think we all have to accept there's a lot of scrabbling around on it. So Martin, what, what are you seeing out there in terms of ESG and what do you think it is beyond a, a token compliance? Yeah, hello, Kevin. Yeah, let, let me start by thinking about what it is. So we're talking about the environment, we're talking about social and we're talking about purpose. What do each of those elements break down to? So when you think about the environment, you're thinking about energy and carbon use. You're thinking about carbon offsetting. You're thinking about this notion of net zero, how you manage water and waste. Around the social agenda, you're thinking about the fundamentals of being a good and ethical employer around human rights and modern savory, things like inclusion and diversity, and really what your business stands for, what is your wider purpose beyond profit? And that should spread right the way through your value and supply chain. The governance piece is where we've always been strong, and that's how you lead and manage your business as an entrepreneur, making sure that you've got good compliance, good oversight, you're acting ethically in line with your rights, and as stated in Companies Act 2006. So that really is what ESG is. It's a process rather than a thing that happens in a moment in time. And in two or three years, we'll be talking less about it because actually I think it will become the norm at that stage. I think the reason it's becoming important for the SME world is because it is couched in regulation and legislation. And within a couple of years, by 2025, every business will have a mandatory need to disclose and report around this agenda. Um, that happens now in PLC world through section 172. It's coming to the SME world. Why is it important then? So notwithstanding the obvious reasons we care about the planet and so on, but actually we're starting to see it crop up in due diligence in a much more significant way. I think some of that is just checklist driven, but anyway, there's a real need behind it. It's starting to grow sales. We are now seeing it in preferred supplier questionnaires and in buying frameworks and tenders. It is starting to have an impact on cost, notwithstanding the kind of cost pressures we're seeing around wages and, in, and energy at the moment. And it's something that we think over time will increase productivity. So certainly as you're recruiting the current generation, 
it feels to us like they need to be working for a business that does have a greater purpose and stands for something much wider than just profit. We are seeing it crop up many more times on the board agenda. Uh, a couple of years back, we would we would be aware of it, but certainly our clients wouldn't. Now, for us, it's critical to be reporting at board level, so with a good level of governance, and helping our business leaders understand it. That's a challenge that I'm sure we're going to debate because for SME leaders, it will feel just like another thing. Can the I next just thing, you if for you a like. On that, Martin. Yeah, let's do that. I, 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 I know you come from a, a electronics tech background, but I, when I was looking at this, I, I sort of likened it to people going, oh, you know, we're a company, but we need IT, rather than, well, every company is a tech company. How do we put tech at the centre of what we do and then work outwards? And, and if you're sort of panicking, you said this is a process, but actually it, it, it can be much, much deeper than that in the way you run your business and the strategy. So rather than seeing it as an outlier, which can be a panic because then you end up tick-boxing, don't you? you? You go, oh, my God, you know, we can't do that. We can't do that tomorrow. We, we, we've only just got our board minutes right for, on the government's front. You know, don't start talking to us about environmental. You know, how can you actually put this at the heart of your business strategy and, and, and turn it around uh, to, to, to an advantage? Yeah, so, you know, we're thinking about that emerging mid-market. And, you know, one of the curious things I think we probably both observe is when we get into those businesses, we tend to find good businesses by and large. What is often a gap actually is the, is the business plan and strategy and that governance piece. And we know that's hugely value adding as part of the due diligence process, but actually it's driving the performance up. So you, you have to put this at the heart of your business. Um, it has to become central to your strategy, but you have to be cautious with it. You can't be experts in all of these areas what I do think you need to do is understand what the ESG elements are and work out how you best apply it to your business. And some things, candidly, we don't think you'll be able to take on. Conversely, you can't take everything on because suddenly your business will become not a commercial entity, but an ideology that, that can't function because it's so wrapped up. So I think the answer is it's got to be in the strategy and then you've got to pick it up day by day and at least at your monthly touch points around board. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's right. But if you then look at that, I mean, you mentioned sort of boards, and bear in mind, we're talking about emerging mid-market. So, yeah, businesses with 20 to 200 people, you know, would you agree that one of the challenges, and just to come back to the government's point of ESG, um, they don't differentiate between management, strategy, and, and board. You know, they don't, you know, board in terms of compliance, you know, how we make sure we are legislative, strategy in terms of, well, who's making the decisions of where we can go, and then management in terms of how we're going to run the business. Yeah, I, I do think it's hugely challenging because when you're in this, this mode and when you're in growth mode and you're an entrepreneurial type leader, you are wearing many hats. So it's difficult to differentiate where you should be focusing on any given day. Um, you know, my sense around the ESG agenda is you need to at least understand where you are at this moment in time. And I think, you know, what we've come up there was, is a partnership with a business called Every, where you can do this upfront audit. You'll get a rating around the economic element of your business, the environment, social and governance. And it will also map that against the UN Sustainable Development Goals. 
what that will do is give you a score and a sense as to where you are today. And then I think from that point, you can work out what your journey looks like in line with your purpose and where you drive value. So I think getting clarity around it at the start is a really good place to go. Well, this is, you know, and more compliance, right? And I'm, I'm saying put it at the heart of your business. Yeah, everyone's in crisis mode at the moment. Doesn't that mean you're forced to work in not on the business? You just don't have time for stuff. Isn't yes, that it is challenging, Kevin, isn't it? it, it it's like I say, some people will see it's another thing. Um, my counter argument to that is you always need time to be working on the business versus in the business. At this moment in time, we do have quite a unique uh, set of market challenges that possibly we've never seen before. You know, things like labour scarcity, energy pricing. Um, we're coming off the back of a drought. Yesterday, we announced a new prime minister. There is lots happening. It's a very volatile marketplace. The challenge for business leaders, of course, is they always have to, particularly in the SME and mid-market, they are always having to negotiate their way through driving business performance whilst being compliant. My sense around ESG is because of its significance and because it is driven by legislation, if our business leaders wait and ignore it and continue to work in the business, they are going to become not victims, but this legislation and regulation will be imposed on them rather than being ahead of the game and perhaps enjoying some of the benefits that might come down the line. And those benefits for me will be about driving sales, possible access to grants, better taxation rates and so on. I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I would say because of the turmoil outside, the best thing a you know, entrepreneur could do, depending whether a professional MD or an entrepreneur MD, obviously to kind of turn that off and, 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 and look internally. And then if you are being forced into working on or firefighting, or I call it looking down, you know, look at your diary. How much time have you spent thinking about how you're going to get competitive advantage and, and uh, around this sort of stuff? And and yeah, is the current crisis that we're all you know we've had this volatility for a long, long time, but it, it's even worse now, right? Um, yeah. uh, is it um, is it distracting you? Be honest with yourself, and then it's not expensive to go and get help and 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 and, and get reviews of this sort of stuff. So delegate, outsource, you know. Um, the return on investment in three, four years' time could be worth every penny. Um, particularly if we look at MA, because buyers, I think, at the moment it's tick box, but I think they will be certainly investment buyers be actually pacing this center stage. You know, it will there will come a point where if it doesn't tick the ESG boxes, they won't invest. And yes. we've we've seen MA um due diligence and compliance double in the last 10 years, partly as a result of legislation, partly as a result of legislation. But I think also there's a real awareness now that buying companies for scale just doesn't work. Um, you've got to have the fit and it's got to be, you know, clean for growth. If, if it hasn't got that, then however cheap it is, they kind of rather not do it because it's a distraction. They're already distracted enough. So, you, you want to be a seller, you want to create that shareholder value, you want to look at your exit strategy. We've got no choice but to figure this stuff out. 
Yeah, you're right. And, you know, it is accessible. And, when you know, one of the important messages we've got around ESG is let's demystify it. Here's what it is. Here's why it's important. And here's how you can do something about it. You know, that audit I talked about is £60 a month. It's 720 quid a year. The ability to outsource that is an instant result. You're going to get feedback in a, in a couple of hours. And then that can set you on a plan where we can support in terms of strategy and planning and, and then implementation. You know, Kevin, by the time it gets to you and you're interrogating that as a part of due diligence, you know that the buying party, if nothing else, are going to be sit there saying, well, if you haven't got good ESG credentials, I'm not checking that box. That's risk. And that's probably going to manifest itself as a discount. So I do think business leaders need to get ahead of the game. Curious market conditions from April of this year, we've seen a huge bias, a propensity for business leaders to actually do nothing, a bias to sit on their hands and hopefully wait for these things to play through. And we're now sort of six months down the line and they're still waiting. So, you know, we, we would urge business leaders to, to take control of their business think about ESG and all of those other elements and then think about how that drives value and sustainability for them over the longer term. Yeah, and I, I think there's a, there's a mindset with these things that, it, you know, it's a process, it's step or it's an extra cost. But actually, when you're doing it, you're doing the business review. And you know, we, we've seen some examples and some, some we've worked with with you, Martin, where you, you actually see the cost reduction come as a result of the investment in strategy and review on, on these sort of things, because you guys go in, you're objective, you look and go, well, hang on a minute, you know, why have we got five people on accounts and, and only 50 invoices a year going out? They're, they're yeah. not efficient, you know. <laughs> um, uh, whatever the, 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 the you know we're trying to do with the business model on ESG, there's other aspects that come from that third-party audit. Um, so, do you think that's that's something we could use to advantage around this idea? Uh, I do think it is because what what we're starting to see in the marketplace now are people that have been businesses that have been greenwashing to an extent. They put these wonderful messages out they are starting to be challenged as greenwashes and this, there's a notion of the seven sins of greenwashing and the cma are out there wanting to take action so that people that do put these messages out there are authentic around them and yeah. genuinely delivering against it and i think that is the opportunity that businesses have got you know to your earlier point if you're going to want to grow your business with value and you're going to want to realize that value through an exit, it must start with your competitive advantage and understanding how you're delivering that relevance and that value to the client. Um, and I think actually the ESG is a, is a good tool to create an inflection point to make sure that you remain relevant and that you are driving value and giving yourself the best chance to, to exit as and when you want to. Particularly within your context, as you say, the next generation, they don't work just for money. I get why, um, you know, property ladder, the big expensive houses are out of reach anyway when, when they're in their 20s and 30s, so why worry about it? So, you know, they want a job with purpose and, and if they say yeah. you haven't got it, they won't come and work for you. And um, with the great retirement, you've got to find a way to connect to the next generation coming through, retain them and engage them, right? Um, so... We could put social right at the centre of actually, it, 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 yeah. if you're not thinking about that, you won't be able to take people on. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, this huge labour scarcity, this skill shortage that we're seeing at the moment is very real. Yeah. Uh, and it comes from hourly paid right the way through to C-suite. It's across the board. 
people are finding it really difficult to recruit and select, putting a greater focus in terms of their retention. Hence, you can see how the social element of ESG doesn't just become a label, it becomes something that you have to deliver against. You know, what is the optimum mix of working from home as opposed to going to the office? And actually, when you do go to the office, you really want to be going to a destination or a heart space, some place of inspiration, not just something that feels like a traditional desk and chair type setup. Well, I totally understand that. Our guys didn't want to go back, so we haven't gone back. And yes. uh, it worked. But um, I think we're more productive um, because, yeah, on reflection, they were just going in, staring at screens, half the time not necessarily being productive there either. Um, just an office, right? With fluorescent yeah. lights. And, you know, and, and if that if that blend for you, as it is for many others, including ourselves, works, gives you better productivity, better engagement with your staff, yeah. then everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely been a, a good move for us. And I, th- I think the, you know, the hybrid working's got its challenges uh, still. It's not totally proven. So it's, it's quite, it is quite interesting. Yeah. Okay. And that's curious, Kevin, because, you know, when we talk about ESG to a lot of companies, they have this immediate assumption that you have to adopt all elements of it and we're going to become this tree-hugging organisation. And that really isn't the case. If you understand it well enough, it can help you differentiate and grow your business. So why don't people embrace these conversations, Martin? Why, you know, they, they see sometimes it's people like you are a cost. Why, why do they say, come and talk to me and see what, see what comes out? Yeah, I mean, candidly, in this case, many SMEs just don't know about it. I mean, we've been tracking it for some years because we start to see the impact of these things some way down the line. Most SMEs don't know about it. Some are starting to hear about it. You have got the early adopters out there that are doing things like Planet First. I don't know if you observed the the latest Coldplay tour, for example. I mean, that was done on an entirely sustainable and carbon neutral platform. So The early adopters are out there. The rest of us are hearing around it through things like COP26 and what's happening with the environment, but they don't really understand it's going to be another pressure. It's going to be another bit of red tape in a sense for SMEs, and we're expecting to cope with it. It's difficult enough for us to run our businesses, given the legislation we have. And this is another thing that's going to come along, but it's different because it's regulatory driven, but because you can get competitive advantage from it. I think it's something that we cannot ignore and we have to take seriously. Otherwise, it will be imposed on us. So I think I think the reason why people aren't engaged at the moment are, is twofold. One, they don't know about it. And secondly, once they hear it, there's this huge misconception as to what it means. We want to break through that and say, actually, here's what it means and here's how you could usefully use it. Is there a third though that there's this constant feeling of crisis going on elsewhere, which is distracting? Are you are, you, are people being distracted? I mean, I, I don't even talk about it to clients now because we're all sort of going, you know what, let's just turn that off. And it's unspoken that we've all done that. Is that what you're seeing? I'm happy. Yeah, with it, but, yeah. There, there, listen, there is always noise around. And like I say, we, we saw it from April of this year yeah. when you start to get things like a drought. Yeah. There's lots of strikes happening right now. Yeah new prime minister, the war in the Ukraine, interest rates, a run on the pound at its weakest level it's been for some years, FTSE sort of fluttering around. All of these pressures are out there. And and I think those pressures, that news, our ability to talk ourselves into a crisis or recession is never good for the business leader because 
as I said earlier, that tends in our thinking to make them want to do nothing. And I, I think if you're savvy, actually, as a business leader, the most important thing to do is make sure you've got a positive, proactive mentality, you know, yes. uh, and explore and stuff. So, you know, do track the news, but two minutes a day, right, okay, park it, I kind of know what's going on, now let's crack on. How yeah. do we engage with absolute ruthlessness on the business? Um, and, and, you know, there is a media bias towards bad news. One of the, one of the points I think on is that the, the media's business model itself is under pressure. They, they have um, to create bad news to sell newspapers, and it just seems so prevalent. And I know there's a hell of a lot going on out there, but, you know, I remember the Myers crisis, interest rates rising to 14%. It was a big thing, but it didn't feel as big as, oh, interest rates going from two to four, which was maybe what we faced. So there's always been that crisis. Let's look at how you can stay positive and focus on your game, turn that off, and then design your businesses so you're taking advantage of, 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 these, of these opportunities, really, rather than seeing them as, uh, as, as threats. Um, how, how do you feel about the statement positive, Martin? And are most your clients positive? <laughs> I, th I think they are. I think they try to be, but they, you know, it is difficult to run a business in the SME and mid market. Yeah. There are so many challenges out there, and, and it can feel a very tough place. I mean, the single largest trait we would see in our business leaders, leaders is this sense of isolation and loneliness despite the fact they could be really seasoned in what they're doing because it, it is tough out there and you do have to roll with all of these punches but you know I, I genuinely believe that in understanding the ESG elements and doing the good things that a business leader should be doing there is a real and positive opportunity out there it has started to get challenging this year that's very clear there are sectors where margins and multiples are definitely under pressure, yeah. which is converse to what we saw in the 2021 year. But having said that, there are still sectors out there that are flying. There's still lots of money out there. There are consolidation in certain sectors that are actually pushing multiples up. The opportunity is still there. We still see a lot of money in the marketplace. Kevin, I'm sure you'll endorse that. The challenge we've got is... There aren't enough businesses of the right size and shape that are well enough prepared to leverage that. Spot, spot on. And actually, you know, the money's really interested in the emerging mid-market because that's where the real money's made, right? If you could yes. buy, you know, four companies with, uh, you know, a profit of a million, bolt them all together, um, sell those on, that's when you get real uh, uh, multiple uh, arbitrage on, on your exits. You, you know, you're buying at multiples of five or six, and then you sell out at sevens and eights. Um, that's where the world's made. But also, yeah. actually, it's where the economy's made. You know, you're, you're putting together three subscale businesses, very good businesses, but nonetheless subscale, and creating a much bigger uh, uh, group which can weather the storm more, more effectively. So it's good for the economy as well. Um, so I think, I think M&A will stay centre stage in, in the stag, stagflation environment. But as we've said, investment managers and, and even you know, business leaders of big corporates, you know, unless it's clean, they're just too busy, they won't look at it. So, yeah. so we've got to go beyond seeing ESG as a tick box and, and, and place it at the, at the heart of the business model. I think you can see, I'm just to sort of wrap up, that Martin and, and his team really get this. I have one other observation, Martin, which is um, there aren't many high quality emerging mid-market 
leaders uh, in terms of the advisors. So the advisory community, you know, there's a sense of, you know, you've got big accountants, they do get it, but you're too small for them. And then you've got the small accountants who you probably do read too much of the news and worry about everything. You know, it, it, it's quite interesting how few even coaches fully get strategy and the pressures in an emerging mid-market and, and business model. So what just on that, what, how can you express why you guys are different in that environment? Yeah, I think, you know, our, our guys are tend to be mature and experienced guys. And what that brings with it is not only the academic rigor of and understanding of how you drive growth in a business, but the pragmatism of the issues that you face on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, there's a certain irony about the work that we do in that we consider ourselves to be business specialists. We're there for the leaders as trusted counsel and critical friends to really guide on the journey. You know, we all believe that when we were leading our businesses and studying for our MBAs and so on, that it's our business acumen that really makes the difference. Ironically, what really makes a difference is the cultural and behavioral piece, because yeah. that's where 80% of our time tends to be spent. Yeah. Once you've got the strat, platy and strat, strategy and plan working and the budget and all of those things working, if you can get those things working side by side, then you can really push on. Yeah. One of the reasons that we've gone very early on the ESG agenda is a frustration that this emerging mid-market is largely underserved. And, and, and if they choose to go to the big players out there, that's fine. But that comes with a ticket price that is often not affordable. Uh, and it also comes in in a way that they deliver it. We, we have to be very chameleon-like to make sense of sometimes complex issues Yes. with our leaders at the coalface. Yeah. And to land that means you have to adapt to very different circumstances at various points during the day. Yeah. Well, that's a great summary. Uh, really appreciated. And then, so ESG, final summing up on that. And then um, I'm going to make the offer. If anybody wants a chat to myself or Martin or both of us together, we, we sit in a room, look at your strategy, look at your shareholder value strategy and think about the ESG element on top. Um, you know, uh, do just email us. We, we you know, we welcome uh, uh, questions and inquiries. But final, final comment on ESG, Martin, and then we'll wrap yeah, up. So, so from our standpoint, the environment, social governance, the ESG agenda is very real. By 2025, it will be mandatory for all businesses to be reporting and disclosing around this agenda. It isn't going to go away. It is a great opportunity to understand it and to deliver competitive and sustainable advantage. For your business over time so yeah please do give myself and kevin a call we'd be very very happy to help martin thank you very much for your time really appreciate it thanks kevin